Hi, everyone, and welcome back to yet another cracking edition of the Matt Brown Show. This is the Secrets of Fail series where we are talking to entrepreneurs, CEOs, and business leaders all about their epic business blunders. And with us in the hot seat today is none other than Michael Falsett. He is the CEO of Arian Research. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks, Matt. Great to be here. Yeah, privilege is all mine, man, for sure. So let's get into the elevator pitch, Mike. What exactly are you guys up to over there at Arian Research? Sure. Well, I, uh, I founded the firm a little less than two years ago. It's a global technology analyst firm that provides advisory research and consulting to help clients build, sell, and, and use innovative cloud-based solutions. And we, we work with um, everything from large SaaS cloud-type software companies to uh, tech startups and scale-ups, and then with some end-user companies as they try to figure out what to use to solve some of their business problems. So who who's your sweet spot customer? I know obviously cloud's relevant to every scale up if you like, but um, who's your sweet spot customer? What do they kind of look like? Um, I would say that there's there's two profiles. The, the large enterprise software company I've worked with for years, and so we do work with a lot of them to help them improve their products. Uh, but where we're really more focused and something that I really have a passion around is working with um, software, software as a service, mostly cloud-based type uh, tech startups uh, and scale-ups. So almost any phase uh, under that $100 million uh, umbrella. Okay, beautiful stuff. Well, look, a um, whole bunch we could be talking about. I've got a huge network of startups. <laughs> Here you go, Mike. Happy selling. Uh, but uh, we didn't have time for that. Uh, let's get into the meat and the potatoes of this episode, uh, Mike. What is your epic story of fail for our audience around the world today? Well, I, I, I want to focus on hiring because obviously over the years I've learned that I, it, from my perspective, the executive, you know, hiring is is key there. And uh, and my fail, and actually I've I probably repeated this a few times, but the but the incident that I'm talking about, I, I um, had a really critical director role, and I filled it with somebody that hadn't worked for me, but I knew really well. I thought, um, and I convinced myself that they'd be a good cultural fit, even if they didn't have all of the skills. And unfortunately, I added to that problem after they started to fail in the position. I used the old HR performance improvement plan route, and that really um, created all sorts of business issues because we kept somebody around that simply was the wrong fit at the wrong time in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. So, Mike, when you think about that experience, what do you now take forward with you as a kind of a key lesson or insight into your business? Well, there are a couple of things that I, I learned that I think are really important. For, first of all, it depends a, a person in a role. There's there's this like three part match in my mind now, and I and and that is they have to have the skills, and they need to to have the full gamut of the skills that you've identified for your for your specific role, and they have to have passion because, as we know, in a startup, things are just hard, and it's hard work. It's a lot of work, and so they have to have the passion for that, and then they have to solve the need that I have. They have to solve my problem. And and I think there's a couple of issues around that. But one of the things I think is it's easy to use, and I, and I made this mistake for a long time before I woke up to it, it's easy to use the culture umbrella. But what does culture really mean? It means it's somebody that I'd like to have a beer with, right? 
And that's not necessarily the person that fits in the role that I'm trying to fill. And, you know, an A player in one situation isn't an A player in another. They're a B player. It's, it's all about context, and it encompasses more than just I have some skills. Mm-hmm. And so, Mike, when you think about that experience, what would you do differently and why? And I think it's such a, it's a, it's a solution trap we often uh, fall into, I think. And I, what you, I love what you said around like, oh, it's some, what's culture? It's someone you want to have a beer with. Um, and I think a lot of us get it wrong all the time. And startups especially, I mean, I was chatting to um, another guy uh, earlier today and he was basically in recruitment. And he was basically saying, you know, like you need different people at different stages of your company. So who, like people like myself thrive with uncertainty and lots of change and all that kind of stuff. But if you put me into an enterprise environment, I'm going to get fired within about two days because <laughs> I can't deal with the, with the authority and the slowness and everything else that goes along with that. Um, so what have you learned about, you know, hiring the right people at the right time? Yeah, and I and I, I my saying there is uh, builders are rarely good at maintaining, mm-hmm. and and I think that really goes across the, the the whole gamut here. It it really is contextual, but there's there's two things that I I use. One, the first thing is that you know obviously the context matters and skill, but the truth is pro- approaching uh, problem solving with the amount of energy and passion that's probably the bigger skill than any other skill you could have when it comes to working in a startup in a, in a position. And then this, the tool, and I learned this I'll, when we talk about books, I'll talk about the book a little bit, but I learned this from, from reading something and it really was an aha for me. It is when you're thinking about a, a position, particularly a, an important, a key leader position, think about your business today and then project six months in the future and hire to fill that position six months in the future, not the one you have today. And, and if you constantly do that, you're getting those people that are fitting the scale-up moment that you have. And then I guess the, the last part about it is uh, be, be brutally honest with people because a person who's a great fit for this year, next year, you're not doing them any favors by continuing to keep them in a role that they are now not a good fit for. Because as you said, company scales, things change, context change. And, and if you help that person find another job, either inside or outside the company, you know, make that kind of commitment. But at the same time, be honest, be brutally honest to yourself and to that person that you're not the right fit for me anymore. This is not the right situation for you. We want to help you be successful. And this is not it. Mm-hmm. So, Michael, when you think about that whole experience, what would you do differently and why? Well, I, I would, first of all, I, I've eliminated completely the culture um, piece of that because, again, I, I now really understand what my brain was doing to me at the time, and I was, you know, I was really fooling myself. Uh, but, but what I would do differently is, you know, first I want to uh, create a great environment, of course, and, and all those things are important. Make it a great company to be from, that sort of thing. And don't just don't hire just because somebody's in your family of a uh, sphere of influence, right? That they may have been a great fit somewhere else, but are they going to be now? So you really do have to do that exercise of project, find the right fit for the skills you need at the point you need, 
and support that person, give them everything they need to be successful, and then end it when they aren't successful anymore, when they can't be successful anymore. Don't do performance improvements plans because they never improve performance. Just be honest and help the person find their right fit and help them you know, live out their passion, whatever that might be. And maybe it's in that position, maybe it's somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. In South Africa, we had, well, when I was living there, you know, we have heavy, heavy labor laws, so it's very hard to fire anyone. Um, and you know, in the movies, it's like, or if you watch like Donald Trump's uh, Apprentice show, it's like you're fired. You know, it's like a thing. And I was like, can you really fire someone <laughs> like that without having any like PDP or like you know any repercussions stuff? So evidently in America, it's true. So you can actually just go, listen, yeah, <laughs> it's not working out, pal. We can do the performance plan, but, uh, you know, let's be honest and let's just say pot hands, you know? I mean, it's, it's, it's really right. And, and again, if you shift that conversation a bit, and now the conversation is, look, I'm going to give you six months, three months, whatever your term is for this, to find another position inside or outside the company. We're going to help you do that. And in the meantime, we're starting a search for somebody that's going to fill this position, the six-month projection of that position going forward. So it's a conversation. It's an open conversation with them, and you are trying to help them. I mean, you honestly, I, I, you know, honestly care about the people, and I want them to be successful. I want our company to be successful. And when the match is right, when that passion, skill, and the right context fit, great. When they don't fit anymore, help them find a place where they fit. Mm. Uh, Michael, what's your advice to other CEOs or entrepreneurs right now about the importance of failing or failure and becoming successful? Mm. I, I think that um, it's, it's easy to grow, especially in, you know, in, in the environment, the cultural environments that we grow up in a lot of learned behavior really is around success is good, failure is bad. And the truth is and, and this is a, you know, in tech, the tech startup world particularly, we've always had this sort of attitude that says fail fast, fail fast, fail forward, because I want to, it, you know, if it takes me 10 mistakes to get to the, to the 11th thing that's great or, the, or good, then fine. But I want to get there and I want to have good focus. I want to learn from every one of those failures but I also don't want to step back from it. I don't want to be afraid of it because guess what? If you're afraid of failing, you just don't do anything. Eventually, you just work yourself into a place where you're not going to move forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael, what about books, tools, or resources that you recommend? Well, th- this is this is actually what uh, after that bad experience um, in, in my in, in the one of the startups before this one actually, I uh, I was looking around just trying to think more about. Um, you know, the difference in big company and startup and how you really structure that talent part of your business. And I sort of stumbled into, well, actually, I'd been reading another book by Reed Hoffman, and I, and I kind of found this adjacent uh, book that was written by the person that ran his talent organization uh, as they scaled up, uh, Patty McCord. And she was the chief talent officer at Netflix from like 98 to 2012 or something like that. And now she's been doing her own consulting. But she wrote a book called Powerful, Building a Culture of Freedom and Responsibility. And that's really what, when I read that, I was just like, wow, I have literally just been doing this wrong for 30 years. I just didn't think about it. And it's very different, as you said, very different than it is in a large company. In a small company, as you move down that timeline, you have to know that you you have to 
fill the context, the right position at the right time, and then you have to find the next person and help that other person move away. That book was uh, was really, really impactful, um, and, and I'd suggest everybody who's going to be in a startup environment read it. It's, it's very, very well, well done. Awesome stuff. Uh, Michael, thanks so much for being on the show, bud. That does conclude your time in the hot seat. Appreciate you lending your perspective on uh, the Secrets of Fail series. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, congrats on all your success, bud, and welcome, uh, and obviously wishing you and the rest of the team all the very best for the future. Thanks, Matt. Really appreciate it and really enjoyed the conversation. Anytime. Everybody else, we'll see you again soon. Okay.